0: welcome to the stacking slabs podcast join brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches and find out when to turn
1: left when the rest of the market is going right get ebay ready get paypal ready let's be students of the game and stack those slabs What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. I'm really excited to share another Friday conversation with you. So in this one, I'm joined by Scott Greenberg, who is the CEO and co-founder of StarStock.com. If you're unfamiliar with StarStock.com, it is a new platform to buy and sell sports cards. I really like it because it eliminates and and lessens that uh, service fee and makes transactions super quick. You can buy cards at scale. So right, if you want to go buy 10 Michael Porter Jr. um, base prisms, you can do that in one fell swoop. It gives you those opportunities. They're just getting started. Their headline on their website says the stock market for sports cards. I've had a few conversations with Scott, and I really like where his head's at. I would say he's very similar to me in my mindset of why I'm in the hobby and why I'm doing what we're doing. Scott has that entrepreneurial mindset. He's trying to build a, a business off of sports cards while solving a really big problem, and that's exchanging sports cards. I really had fun um, in this one, chopping it up with him. Go check out starstock.com. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. I am really, really excited to bring another Friday conversation to you. I think my approach on getting guests on the show is to really talk and tackle problems that we all are facing as sport card collectors and investors. And one of those problems that I talk a lot about is just buying and selling sports cards on the market, right? There's a bunch of different platforms to use. And I actually am, am waiting on an eBay payment right now, which I know that's been a topic of Project 2020 and some headaches that a lot of people are going through. So I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, um, Scott Greenberg of Starstock. He is the co-founder and CEO. He's building something really cool with the Star Stock platform. I know I set up an account. I logged in this week and bought my first cards on the StarStock platform. So I'm really excited for Scott to be on to talk a little bit about StarStock. And then we're, of course, going to chop it up a little bit more about cards and who we like. So without further ado, Scott, how are you today? I'm
0: doing great. Thanks for having me on, Brett. Really appreciate it.
1: Okay. I led with this problem we've all been having with buying and selling sports cards. I'm waiting on payment for some cards that are on eBay right now. I'm uncertain on when I'm going to get that payment. I've got a bunch of other orders right now that I want to ship out, but I don't want to make multiple runs to the post office, especially during a time where we all should be wearing masks when we're outside or at home. So tell me a little bit about and share with our audience about uh, Starstock because I believe some of the problems you're tackling are what I just addressed in the opening
0: absolutely yeah you know star a new um, you know market that we just launched uh, about a month and a half ago um, and it's it's a, a market for people to you know trade their sports cards instantly and, and at scale and so um, I co-founded the company with two of my uh, my friends who who are also sports card collectors and we basically started the company out of our own frustrations buying cards primarily on eBay um, some other sites as well and so the you know the few things that really bothered us were to start first. The ability to buy at scale was really tough on eBay. Um, you're able to buy lots, but you know many times it's it's low quality. And for some of the like more top tier players, it was really tough to find lots. Um, and so, if you wanted to buy at scale on eBay, buying a couple hundred cards of the same player would take you weeks or potentially months, months depending how much time you have. And it's really expensive as well. And that that always really bothered me. As as a second thing. Was the the shipping time, um, and that was probably the the biggest thing that that deterred me from eBay was waiting in the mail for two three weeks after buying a card. Um, sometimes the card wouldn't show up. Sometimes the person that you bought it from you think they're gonna you know ship it the next day. They end up waiting another week. And then lastly, it was the fees. Um, and so we set out to, to build a market that kind of tackled those three things. And so our our model is a little bit different than others out there. We ingest uh, cards into a into a centralized vault, um, which is insured and in under twenty four hour security, um, and then by having all the cards in one location, where we enable our users to um, instantly trade because they don't need to ship the card afterwards, and they can buy at scale as well. Because if you're buying, you know, let's say two hundred cards, we're able to group them together from different sellers and put them all into one transaction. And since we're using this model we're able to have a, a 5% seller fee compared to um, a lot of the other markets that, that are, you know, in that 10 to 15 range.
1: Yeah. And I think that's music to everyone who's listening ears. No one likes the uncertainty of um, getting their cards and no one likes the uncertainty or no one likes paying those extra fees. Um, so I think that's something I've observed that you guys are trying to tackle right now and is very attractive to me as someone who's re-entering the hobby. And I think, you know, as I go to your website, I'm, I'm hit with the headline. And as a marketer, always headlines catch my attention. And right now it says the stock market for sports cards. That's a really bold claim. Can you unpack what you're trying to get new people that are visiting the site to understand when they read a headline like that?
0: Sure. Like my, my story in sports cards, I was a huge collector growing up, um, collected Throughout my childhood, I think, like a lot of others, um, kind of faded out of the hobby. Um, you know, once I got to my teenage years and got back into it um, a little over a year ago, and you know, I I kind of came back into the hobby from a kind of like a, a fantasy football uh, perspective, and so I was just really intrigued in the ability to um, you know bind to athletes and, and feel like you're investing in an athlete. And so that's what got me back into sports cards. But like I said, if I was trying to, you know, make investments or, or buy cards of, you know, basketball players and, and football players and try to flip them um, you know, after good performances or after their price rise, um, it was really hard to do so. And so basically we're trying to build a model where people can actively Trade, um, you know, their cards while the games are actually going on, and so you know we want to enable people to day trade. Uh, you can, but you can create your your fantasy football lineup like two minutes before kickoff. You could place a, a sports bet on your phone or your or your computer now, and it's instant. And so, you know, when I got back into cards. My co-founders Nigel, Mike, and I—we just didn't understand why we why there wasn't like more of an instant feel to to trading cards, and so that's really what we're going for.
1: Yeah, no, and I love that, and I think everybody outlet li- out listening to this uh, episode and listening to Stacking Slabs, I would say a majority of people who are collecting cards and investing in cards are also playing fantasy sports. I know I've got my year-long leagues and participate in DFS and. I spend all of this time trying to understand players and understand how they should fit into my lineups and having this intimate knowledge of players and trying to win, you know, money on a daily basis or a year long basis. I'm now with sports cards. I'm now taking that knowledge and all that time and energy and, and putting it into sports cards. So I think mm-hmm. star stock is doing is, is really um, bringing that to life in a way that is giving more people options on how to spend their money outside of pumping their money in a FanDuel or a DraftKings lineup every Sunday when football's kicking off and hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and like our thesis is that trading sports cards is a better alternative to you know sports betting or, or fantasy football. And so if you're a big sports fan and you're trying to make money on your sports knowledge, like we think sports cards are the best way to do that. But it, it seems like the marketplaces were just a little bit behind, um, you know, some of the products that are out there for, uh, you know, placing sports bets and, and playing, you know, fantasy football or fantasy basketball.
1: Yeah. And, and you mentioned um, something when you're talking about, you know, the inability to make those flips based on a current uh, performance of a player that game. And I think that's something that I'm trying to better understand just in the hobby. And I feel like there's labels and definitions around all the people that are currently in the hobby where you've got the guy who's been collecting cards for 30 years who would classify himself as a collector. You've got people that maybe aren't able to get the inventory that are sneaker heads and have turned to the sport card uh, hobby to make flips. And then you've got another side that is more in it to invest in the long-term. And sure, yeah, each of those roles can cross over and bleed over into the next one. But how are you thinking about those three different personas and with StarStock and how you build something that caters for all of them?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I'd like to consider myself a, a mixture of all three. And I think, um, you know, it's obviously a hot topic, especially if you go on Twitter right now, the idea of, you know, the the new blood that's coming into the hobby and, and some of the collectors that have been around a little bit longer. It, you know, from what I can tell, it seems like even, you know, for most of these collectors, they are flipping some cards to pay for their collection, um, and that, and that's kind. Of, I kind of fit in that category. You know, I have a collection. Carmelo Anthony's the main guy in my PC, and so I like to flip cards so I can buy the Carmelo Anthony cards that I want. Um, and so we're trying to build a product that really provides a great experience for for all three of those personas. Like obviously, you know, we enable people to to day trade, to flip players instantly, to buy at scale, which is ideal for. The investor, but we are, you know, putting a lot of focus into um, the collection mechanics inside of our site, and um, you know, really making this a, a good place for collectors to fill gaps. Um, it can serve as almost like a checklist because we have all the checklists uploaded into our system, and so you can go down and see the different parallels that we have on the site and some of the parallels that we don't yet, and kind of use it as you know a way for you to fill gaps within your collection. But we're we're going to be adding features every single week within the market, within the collection that that really uh, like be attractive to both the typical investor and and the collector.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's a, a great response and a great way to think about it. And I think it's important that um, companies like yours that are just getting off the ground are thinking about those different roles strategically because I believe that we as a hobby need to all come together and find ways that we can all help each other out. Because my theories, the more people in the hobby, the more educated people in the hobby will um, bring more value to all of our cards. So that's, that's really great. And I got to ask you, so you mentioned Carmelo Anthony, which is interesting. And I, as you were saying, Carmelo Anthony, I think back to, you know, 2003, and obviously most people think about LeBron James and then also they think about Dwayne Wade and then there, and then there's Carmelo Anthony who it's weird he's a one of the best scorers we've probably ever seen play the game but he seems to get lost in the shuffle a little bit with guys like LeBron and Dwayne Wade I'm curious what's your interest and why is Carmelo uh kind of the guy you collect in your PC that's unique to me
0: yeah um well I graduated from Syracuse um, but my father did as well, and so I grew up a big Syracuse fan. Um, and so when I was younger, that's really you know what got me into sports cards was collecting Carmelo Anthony cards. And so you know in 2003, 2004, my brother and I were going to the card shop, you know, multiple times a week, breaking open packs. And so it's it's really painful to see a lot of these LeBron cards on eBay and and online, you know, going for such high prices because. I recognize almost every single one of them and, and know that at some point, um, you know, 15, 20, 20 years ago, um, I had a good amount of them. Um, and so I was only able to find a few when, when I pulled my my cards back out a few years ago and went through them. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm a big Syracuse guy and and that's, uh, you know, why, why I, I love Carmelo so much. Yeah. and I'm, I'm fully, so. I'm fully happy with people, uh, you know, <laughs> focusing on Dwayne Wade and, and, totally. uh, and LeBron and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, coming in and and scooping up uh, the mellows that people aren't really as focused on.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. And I definitely, there's so many times where I think about, man, if I were focused in, like I'm focused now in the hobby in 2003, 2004, like, man, I could be, you know, living and uh, living pretty, but that's not the case. And that's okay. I think that presents obviously other opportunities. And we see cards like, you know LeBron's Top's Chrome right now, and you see like Giannis's uh, Silver Prism right now, and then we're all, I think, as fans of the hobby, trying to figure out and identify maybe who that next person is that we can get in now, and I think that's what Starstock is helping facilitate those easy transactions based on everyone's knowledge and jumping in and buying those cards up. So I'm curious, just. Who maybe from your perspective is someone that you're looking at as a collector and investor right now that might be kind of hitting like a LeBron or like a Giannis is you know maybe five to seven years from now?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't think there's any LeBrons in the league right now. Potential LeBrons. I mean, obviously Luke. I mean, Luca has that talent. Like at his age, um, you know, Luca might be the the most uh, talented and polished player at i've ever seen um and so obviously the boat's gone on Luca to some extent um before the season i invested in uh, three players mainly um i bought up a bunch of michael porter jr prism which was uh, a big win for me and i also bought into shea uh before the season as well and so those two were great uh the third that i bought was lonnie walker um and he had i think uh i had higher expectations for him. And so his season was a little bit disappointing for me, but I'm not, um, I'm not selling on him yet. I still like him. I think he's talented. I think he's a freak athlete. And then I, I also bought a little bit of Kevin Porter jr before the season. And it's really interesting. I've been, I find it kind of fascinating. He's become such a popular name in the hobby. Um, I mean, obviously he has so much talent. People think that, you know, he, uh, he, he reminds them of, of Harden, um, but I do think that he is a, a little bit uh, overhyped at this point so I'm waiting to see but the strategy is completely different now right because we just had what three months off from basketball and so now we're kind of going into this uh, you know this new playoff structure and it seems like the like there's there's definitely a, a different strategy heading in of you know potentially trying to find some people that might make a big run
1: yeah and, and let's let's unpack actually a couple of those so I'm curious. About what your mentality was when you were jumping in on Michael Porter Jr. What was your thought process when you said, "Yeah, I need to start buying up his uh, Prism cards right now"? What was the trigger? Oh well, he's he is the definition of boomer bust.
0: I mean, like I remember watching him in college. I'm am a pretty big college basketball fan, and so um, I I watched him a little bit in high school. Obviously, I don't think he played uh, he played a few games in college um, before getting injured, but he's just so talented. And, and he was the number one ranked uh, prospect coming coming out of high school. Um, and it's just like, you know, six eight six nine, but can put the ball on the floor and can shoot. And so um, the thought there was if his back is healthy, then, you know, the the sky's the limit for him um, or his back's going to be an issue and, and he's going to be out of the league in the next few years or so. And so... I thought he was a boomer bus guy. Um, and he was pretty cheap at the time. And so um, yeah, I I went in on on a I think I bought uh fifty prison base cards of his. So what it was nothing crazy, but um I got a few and a lot. I bought some as singles. Um and uh it's done pretty well.
1: Yeah, so so I think that's a nice pickup. I wish I had fifty, uh, Michael Porter Junior base prisms at this point. I don't know if you saw the photos of Nikola Jokic yesterday, but he slimmed up and that 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 Denver team, again, that's a Denver team that not a lot of people are talking about, but I don't think a lot of teams in the west want to play because they're not sexy, but they just get the job done. And the Joker man, I don't know if I immediately saw that photo of him and I I just imagine LeBron seeing that photo and being like, "I don't know about that because He's going to be a matchup nightmare, especially if he's got some speed on him. And then you've got someone young and athletic like Michael Porter Jr. on top of it. Denver's going to be a tough out. What do you think?
0: It's interesting. Like they have a chance to make a run. I think like, I think everything's to some extent pretty wide open just because we have no clue which players are in shape, which players aren't in shape. Seems like, uh, you know, the last couple of days, there's been some rumors that there might be some players that are pretty popular, pretty big names that. Potentially, might not even participate, um, right. or they're kind of against it right now. I was reading that Kyrie's been speaking up about it. I know Carmelo was was someone who was kind of on the fence, and so it should, yeah, it's it's going to be it's wide open, um, and so it'll be interesting. It's funny you say that though. When I saw that picture this morning, I I went to our Instagram page and I put up a, an Instagram story asking if people are more likely to invest in the new look Jokic. And I'm pulling it up right now to see what the results are. What
1: did, what did people are
0: saying? 64%? Yes. So 64% think that he's going to be quicker and faster, I guess. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing. Like, you know, he having the weight, you know, being, being tough to move down there, especially with the way that he's able to pass the ball. Um, he could basically just post anybody up. No one's moving him and he just stands there, wait, waits for a few cutters and and dishes it. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, it it will be. And I think just, one thing I don't want to move past past on that you said was just the the buying of 50 base prism base cards of Michael Porter Jr and that's like that's where we're at right now in the hobby is that you know people i think people that are investing you know are focused in on specific product lines that have performed over a specific period of time that gives them indications on if these players hit, what those cards value can be. And I think that's a lot different than when we were younger. We didn't want 50 of the same card. We wanted variety and different. So can you maybe speak to just that? And I think part of what you're doing at StarStock helps facilitate that, but that change in dynamic in the market, maybe talk a little bit, about that, from your perspective,
0: yeah, I mean, there's been a complete shift, uh, no question about it, from a very collectors-focused hobby, you know, uh, throughout the junk wax era and even before that, and um, now it's it's a split. There's you have collectors and you have people that that want to come in and speculate and and invest and and prospect young athletes, and so it's two completely different mindsets and strategies when it comes to my PC, like you know, Carmelo. I want every single different card I can possibly find. I'm, you know, I'm going online and I'm, I'm buying cards for ninety nine cents. I'm buying cards for ninety nine dollars. Like whatever it is, like I, I want, you know, a lot of different, unique, different kinds of of Carmelo Anthony cards. When it comes to prospecting, prospecting some of these younger athletes, um, I, you know, my kind of thing is I just want the most standard product. Um, and you know, for basketball and football, that's prism right now. And so the way that you know I see the prospecting side of things, as well as you know a lot of other people, um, I think you as well is like it's like you're almost buying a share into um, into the player. And so mm-hmm. that's why um, if I'm buying a Michael Porter Jr. rather than getting fifty different types of cards. I'd rather just get the most standard version of you know his card, and I'd rather just buy it in scale. Um, and so I prefer to buy fifty you know Michael Porter Junior cards rather than probably um, you know spending the same amount of money on his National Treasures RPA or you know whatever it is. And so um, that's kind of my thing. Um, obviously, what's what's great about this hobby is everybody's got their own strategy. Everyone's got their own kind of ideas, and uh, and that's that's the beauty of it.
1: I love hearing everyone's strategy because it all varies. And something I talk a lot about is just people like I talk a lot about cards on buying people at picks of the week. And it's really like the intention of that is to just not to say this is what I'm buying and this is how you should be buying, but just this is my process and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I think always talking like that is certainly helpful. I'd like to maybe shift gears and Talk a little NFL. Talk some NFL cards. I'm probably more excited than ever on the NFL market. I think part as I'm coming to the realization, you know, there's still a little bit of uncertainty on what's going to happen with baseball. And um, you know, baseball, I think if we do see a season, it will be abbreviated. And you know, which leave if there's less attention on baseball, well, who knows, right? Project 2020 is like the monster in the market right now, and that could be talked about forever, but. Just talking about NFL, I think you know you've got eight it's a quarterback driven part of the hobby. like everyone's focused on quarterbacks. We have eight new quarterbacks that were drafted in the NFL draft. We've got you know a tier of like quarterbacks like you know, uh, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, you've got Brady in, in Tampa now. You've got you know a whole other group of quarterbacks that you know could that are young that s- still haven't hit their ceiling what how what's your approach and process in in thinking about the NFL uh football market from a hobby perspective this year
0: yeah it's really interesting i think the NFL market's uh quite fascinating um i also think that it's going to we're going to see a lot of change uh, over the next i think months but but more so years i think as we see more people coming into sports cards from fantasy sports and from dfs and and uh and areas like that i think the market's going to shift a lot. One thing that had, like, I've always been bothered by the idea that the NFL's only been kind of a QB focused market. Um, yeah. I think with the injury risk for running backs, totally makes sense to me. Like, imagine if you bought into uh, Todd Gurley like two or three years ago. Right. You think you're sitting on like, you know, the best card in, in football. And now he's like you know, two years later, he's washed up already. Like, it's crazy. Um, and but I do think that we're going to see a boom with wide receivers and tight ends. Um, I think that just kind of going back to that fantasy persona coming in, I also think there's low injury risk and they're the guys that are dancing in the end zone. And so, you know, as, as you're, you know, buying cards of players that you want to watch and root for on Sundays, like I just think that people are going to want to buy Odell Beckham and Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas and and uh, D Hop and all those guys. And so, I'm anticipating quite a shift in the market this uh, this upcoming fall, but I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for it as well. I I, I don't love the idea of, uh, you know, just investing in or, or buying just 15 quarterbacks, you know, the top 15 quarterbacks and, and that being about it.
1: Yeah. And I, I like what you said about the DFS market influencing the hobby. And I'm the same way, man. It's, it drives me nuts that I can if I want to, but I, it's it's where I put my like business cap on. It just doesn't make a lot of financial sense to invest in all these skill positions. But you know I'm super excited about what the Colts did in the draft. And we drafted Michael Pittman, USC receiver, and he's going to have a huge role. We drafted Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. He's going to have a huge role, and these guys are like to me, it's like, these are the rookies you invest in. Like if they were in the NBA, you'd be all in on it, but it's not right. so much in the NFL. So do you think that base the, the, the regular DFS user who's changing their lineups, who knows all of these players like religiously by being in it every thinking about it all week and changing those lineups on Sunday, do you think those are the people that are going to bleed over into the hobby and that they might not, they might not fully have an understanding of how the market has worked. So they might influence the market and prices on a guy like say, Quan Barkley might go up and be at a place where we, as how we're talking about it, think where he should be?
0: Yeah, um, I I think so. I mean, like those guys are going to be drafted in the first round of all, you know, all, everyone's fantasy leagues and whatnot. And so as more of those people come into the hobby, it's just going to feel right to them, I think. It, it did for me. Like I certainly... Wanted to, uh, you know, buy up some running backs and some wide receivers. I, I have uh, a little bit more recently, actually, only uh, only a few players. Like, I, spill, I think spill
1: the beans, spill the beans.
0: I think Odell Beckham. I think one of the reasons why we're seeing basketball explode over the past few years is just how closely tied um, the NBA stars are to, you know, like the culture or just you know, um, pop culture in general. And it's also a reason why a lot of, uh, you know, baseball cards are are less popular than, you know, they were 20 years ago per se. And I think that if you look at the NFL and you try to evaluate, all right, who are those like guys that are in, you know, pop culture? Um, who are, who are like the, the superstars um, that, that everyone's talking about? And I think Odell Beckham's going to be one of those guys that we remember, you know, 50 years from now. Um, it's going to be the iconic catch, which is going to be shown, you know, when, when, uh, when we have kids and grandchildren, they're going to still be showing that. I really think that there could be some pop at the wide receiver position, Um, Odell Beckham. I think uh, if you look at the prices now, the prices are a little bit higher for some of the more recent guys. And so even someone like Chris Godwin um, is starting to really like jump a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of these more recent guys like AJ Brown that are still young. And so I think DK Metcalf is another one. I love that um, super, one. super viral guy. Like he's not as, he's probably not as good as Zion, but he's kind of the Zion of, of the NFL. He's just like this huge freak athlete that, um, you know, went viral several years before he even, you know, became a pro or went to college. Um, and so I think those are a few guys that, that we'll see, uh, jump this, this fall.
1: Yeah. And I, I I've, I want to pull the trigger on DK Metcalf so bad. And I'm like, I'm getting so close. And most of it is because of what you said, his viral nature. And I think like, if you paid attention to football last year and you watched this kid play, I mean, he with Russ, like that guy's borderline unstoppable. And, you know, a quarterback who I love Russell Wilson, and I love his cards, by the way, and the price mm-hmm. of his chrome and his, and yeah, so his do standard top. It's just a that's one I'm going to tell everyone right now. Go out and look at Russ. He's on pace to potentially have an MVP season, potentially be Super Bowl champion again. You know, like sky's the limit for him. But I think as far as Russ goes, I mean, I can't think of a better quarterback to push a guy like DK Metcalf forward. So I really like DK Metcalf. The question I have for you. Totally get your perspective on Od- Odell. I agree that catch is never going away, um, and I agree he's cr- got crossover potential. But obviously, I think the drawback with receivers is just the quarterback throwing them the ball. And in Cleveland right now, it's Baker who there's a big question mark. So, what do you? How do you think Baker will progress or regress moving into this this uh, next season? I, I don't know, actually. If you like Baker, he you can get him at a really good price right now. Like, if
0: you think that Baker is going to be, um, you know, top five, top ten quarterback, he's probably undervalued, wouldn't you think? Um, yeah. I mean, coming off that rookie season, it certainly looked like he was, um, you know, on track to have a really, really great career. I still believe in him. I I think like all the coaching changes around there and just probably got to him last year. But I'll tell you this: like after the first three, four games this season, we're going to know because he's got so much talent around him. If he can't figure it out, throwing the ball to, you know, the guys that he has,
1: then, then he probably never will. Totally. I think that's a definitely a, a fair point. A couple other questions This has been super fun. One is right as a, you're, I mean, you're building a business off of sports cards, but you're also participating in buying and selling sports cards. I know resources are super important. What are some of the resources you are using on a day-to-day to Make sure you're up to speed and learning from others in the hobby. Well, I'm
0: I'm listening to uh, the podcast and just like you guys, the pretty much the same ones. I uh, love listening to yours. I listen to the Breaker Culture guys. I like uh, listening to Jeff at Sports Card Investor, um, Pack Geek as well. And then you know more recently, I, I <laughs> bias obviously, but I do uh, most of my like pricing research on Starstock. Now we we pull <laughs> prices. Um, we obviously have our own data from sales. That we have on our site. We're also um, pulling prices from eBay as well. So we're, we're slowly rolling out our, our pricing history player by player. But for the top you know, 20 to 30 players um, in the NBA, NFL, and MLB, we have pricing data on our site already for those guys. Um, and, and we're working on, on making it more accurate and, and working on rolling it out for, for the rest of the cards that we have on the site. So in terms of pricing research, doing, doing a good amount there as well. But for me, I, to be honest, I really try to keep it simple. Like I, I just try to watch the games and and watch sports and um, just kind of go with my instincts on people that I think are going to be good um, in the future. People that I think, you know, right now, who who do I think is going to play well in the in the NBA playoffs or or whatnot? And so. I think that if you if you listen too much to what other people are doing, you're just going to miss out on the real opportunity, which is kind of finding your own little niche or or doing your own um, like investment or purchase that other people might not really be onto yet.
1: Totally, and I I will say, and get logging in and making my first purchases on Starstock. It was one of those things where it was a, I was thinking about not what anyone else was saying, but my own theories, and I believe that the Boston Celtics are gonna are going to go far in the NBA uh, playoffs, potentially beating Giannis, potentially having the classic Celtics Lakers matchup again in the finals. So that's what I believe. And I think it's going to be a big breakout for Tatum. But then on the other side of this, not necessarily thinking that his cards are going to change because of his playing time, but I've been big into Carson Edwards. I saw him play. He went to Purdue. He made noise. He's local. Um, I just think I believe in Brad Stevens. I, I think the Celtics have a crowded backcourt right now, but Carson Edwards is got a lot of intangibles. He's just in, to be honest, he's in the perfect situation for him to be successful. So it was super easy for me. And I had not gone in and bought cards, but as I was just scrolling through the players on Starstock, I got hit with Carson Edwards, saw that I could buy multiple prism cards from him, I could buy variations of the prism card. So I just I, once I deposited my cash, he was the first person I bought of, and now I'm staring at my collection right now, and I've got Carson Edwards in there. But again, like back to your point, it wasn't because anyone was really pointing me in the direction. It was just based on me studying sports and me taking my knowledge and of what I think is going to happen. So I think that's the cool thing about Starstock and what you're doing. You make it super easy to purchase in bulk, like we talked about before, and I'm excited. To see kind of where you're taking um, the platform next. I guess one question I have, because I think I appreciate this fact is you've taken the leap where you're, you know, building a platform and a career dedicated to a hobby that me and everyone listening uh, really loves and appreciates. So I'm just curious, what advice might you have for anybody out there listening that is interested in whether it's a side hustle, whether it's a full-time deal, but spending more time and trying to create more of a business out of this hobby since you've done it. I'm curious what your thoughts are for others. I'm really lucky that, uh,
0: you know, we're starting a business and, and working on a business that's, uh, in a space that I love. And so I'm a huge sports fan and, uh, you know, I, I got back into, into sports cards, uh, you know, a little bit over a year ago and, and loved collecting and, and saw an opportunity in the market, um, for a better product. Um, and you know, if, when you're, when you're building a business in, in a space that you really have a passion for, um, it, you know, really makes it a lot easier, um, to work on it. And, uh, you really want to, I wake up every morning, super excited to get to the office and start, start work. And so that's really what, what you want, um, when you're an entrepreneur and, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky in that sense for sure.
1: That's awesome. No, and I am glad you're on. Um, the path you are, and you're waking up doing what you're doing every day, because as buyers and sellers, we need more options, and StarStock definitely um, provides that. Um, where can obviously StarStock.com? Where where are other places people can go to find you or find StarStock? Yep.
0: Um, so we're on Instagram and Twitter at StarStock Market. Personally, I'm on. Instagram and Twitter at Scotty.greenberg, Scotty with a Y. And I'm also reachable, uh, Scott at starstock.com. Anyone who that has any feedback, advice, feature requests, anything like that, shoot me an email at any time. I like that's probably the most fun part of my day is, is going through those emails and hearing. Um, you know, feedback, both the good and, and the bad um, and like feature ideas. We're, we're getting, uh, you know, multiple emails a day from people that are like, Hey, it'd be really cool if you did this. Or, you know, I'd love to see you do that in the future. Some of the ideas are things we thought of. And some of them are things that we've never thought of that are just fantastic ideas that we've added to our, our roadmap and, and whatnot. And so I encourage people to reach out and um, love connecting with uh, people in the hobby, as you said, love love uh, you know chatting sports. And so I'm happy to do that anytime as well.
1: Yeah. And I would say just in some, someone who works in software professionally, if you weren't getting any feedback, then that might be a problem. But the fact that you are getting feedback means that you're on the right path. So I am Super excited as a uh, someone who spends a lot of time thinking about cards. I'm super excited about what you're doing at Starstock. So everyone listening, go check it out. Scott, I know there's a lot of updates and things that are going to be happening. We'll have to get you back on Stacking Slabs to talk about all the latest and greatest uh, in the coming months.
0: Absolutely. I was just going to say I'm, I'm inviting myself back on once, once sports kick back up.
1: <laughs> hey, we'll just, we won't even talk Starstock. We'll plug it, but we'll just chop it up. Um, that Um You can be a reoccurring guest. I've got all day to talk about sports and cards. So that sounds great.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It was really a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we'll do it again soon. Um, Thanks. Take it easy and uh stay safe. You as well. Take care. Man, that was a fun conversation with Scott. I think Starstock is doing some really cool things. I really like the uh, daily fantasy mentality, um, sitting and watching the games, making transactions. I think they're solving a big problem and they're just getting started. So definitely go create an account, log in. They're super receptive. Give their team feedback. Um, They'll get back with you. As always, if you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button, leave that five-star review. I really, really appreciate that. And follow Stacking Slabs on all your social media platforms follow. We engage. I'm having fun meeting all of you. Most importantly, be safe out there. Happy collecting. Happy investing. Talk to you again real soon.